Hi, it's Mitch from PickDogs.com. Got Chris Ruffalo, Brian Bittler, Ron Romanelli, Big Al McMorty all here for the morning live show. We're live seven days a week, 365 days a year right here on our YouTube channel, our Facebook groups, our Facebook pages, I mean, and um, Twitch, a couple other places, Twitter, I think. Yeah, Twitter, maybe. Yeah, a couple, few different places, and uh, I don't know, between them, between them all. Well, hopefully you get a chance to find us, join us, get those notifications. But uh, it is a pretty solid day of sports here. We've got uh, the Preakness Stakes. We've got NBA basketball, NHL, 16 Major League Baseball games. 16 or 17? 16. 16. Yeah, 16, the, uh, the White Sox game, doubleheader moved to tomorrow. Tomorrow, doubleheader. All right, so plenty of action today. Last night we saw the Warriors say to the Mavericks, Mavericks, uh, we could beat you with one hand tied behind our back. Pretty much is what they said. Um, they absolutely embarrassed the Mavericks in that game. I would say, um, you you can't you spot a team you know that kind of lead and you kind of just really don't do anything at all. You kind of go through the motions and then you decide. Well, in order to win, we need to hit some shots. And I'll tell you, if the game goes another five minutes, the Warriors win by thirty is uh, the way that that one goes. It was not even close. But um, the NHL, Edmonton stealing one on the road there at Calgary. That series, Chris, does that signify that that series is over? Um, not by any stretch of the imagination. It was all the one, you know, I didn't watch the game, of course, but I, I saw on ESPN as I was, you know, looking at other stuff, um, I saw who was scoring the goals for Edmonton, and it was all the guys, if you're the other team, that you don't want scoring the goals. It was Duncan Keith. It was Connor McDavid. It was Keith to McDavid. <laughs> it, was, it was a nightmare, right? Because those are the guys that's like, any, I will let anybody else beat us but those guys. Isn't that usually the strategy? Like in most sports, you take, try and take away their best of their best and you know, let anybody else try and beat you. But, yeah, uh, you cut. Yeah, you cut off the head of the snake and and try to try to, you know, let like you said, let let the role players beat you. But no, there was no shutting down Connor McDavid, Leon Drysaitel last night. It was, yeah, Calgary's got some adjustments to make for Game Three for sure. Well, um, saw Ron Romanelli. We saw Wander Franco deciding that he doesn't need to slide in extra innings into home plate in a bet for a bang bang play. That he'll just run across the base and his team lost the game <laughs> it was like i mean the the guy standing behind the plate his teammate is screaming sl and pushing the hand slide 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 uh, yeah. any, any idea what's going on there you're, you're taught from a very young age you always slide into home plate even if it's even if it's not even close most times you slide in but uh that was a wild game. I mean, Tampa Bay not known to win that game. Tampa Bay not known for not doing the little things right. Oh, I you know? know, it's that's like that's that's how they win. And this guy decides, well, I've got a full head of steam. I'm gonna, I'm rounding third. I'm coming home. They call him safe, but he wasn't safe. Even even the guy who was signaling, you know, slide, did this. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's when you know. That's when you know. You know, when your own teammate calls you out. Brian, uh, the Phillies, um, nothing, nothing pretty about it there. 
once again. No, uh, their offensive bats seem to have fallen asleep, but I think uh, we're in a good situation today, so may, hopefully we bounce back. And, uh, Big Al, the, uh, the horse racing king, I think, you know, nobody else puts in horse racing picks as cappers at our site, but I think Big Al is probably cashed 90% of the ones that you put in since joining Pick Dog. Oh, don't, don't jinx me, but yeah, we, we cast the Derby. <laughs> Something uh, we like cast that. The Preakness, <laughs> we cast the Preakness last year and, um, you know, going to go for it again today, uh, you know, with Preakness Stakes uh, winning info. So I hope everyone joins. Uh, we got a lot of people join for the Derby, so I hope everyone returns for the Preakness. You know, one, one of the strange things I've, I've seen over, you know, my 30-some years in the business is, the Kentucky Derby is actually, you know, maybe to the Super Bowl, the second biggest event in this country as far as wagering interest. Uh, people don't think about it, but it is huge. Oh, it's and big. It's people big. People will bet on the Kentucky Derby who don't bet on anything else. It's very similar to the Super Bowl in that respect, just not as big as the Super Bowl. But um, And then what you do is you do see a drop-off for the Preakness and for the Belmont, which I don't understand at all. Everyone wants to bet on the Derby, and they say, okay, I won my money in the Derby. I don't need to bet on the Preakness. But the Preakness is actually an easier race to handicap than the Kentucky Derby, generally speaking. You know, there's a lot less horses. Um, So I hope everyone who did make money in the Derby comes back today for the Preakness. Speed is usually all you need in the Preakness. It's generally those really fast horses get it done there. It's a little tighter track as well. turns are tighter the whole the whole thing is just a tighter track and personally i think they should move the third jewel of the the triple crown out to santa need to move the belmont to the second race and uh you know a real the real three big tracks you know <laughs> have it at that or you know do something like that keeneland anything this track doesn't make sense um with the other tracks it's just not that level like a regular pimlico saturday or Tuesday or Wednesday card doesn't even come close to these other tracks. And then you could have the summer triple crown, right? Keeneland, Saratoga, and, um, you know, what is it, Del Mar or whatever, right? Yeah, I love Del Mar, but, you know, on my bucket list, I've never been up to Saratoga. So one oh, of these years, love Saratoga. Love Saratoga, love Keeneland. Love those places. Saratoga, you could catch a concert and hit the track. They have the double duty. It's like so you can go to the Grateful Dead concert and bet the ponies. It's a nice, act, nice, nice weekend at Saratoga Springs. I love it there. I think Keeneland to me is my favorite track. Um, I, I don't know. It's just I think the reason why I like it so much is because I because the bombs really hit there. You know, they it's kind of like Breeders' Cup Day where, like, there's no bad horses, so you get a lot of really good value on a 10, 12, 15 to 1 are, like, they would be, you know, even money at Belmont on the same day. So, uh, you know, it's kind of like on the Breeders' Cup. That's why you always get those big payers um, there. But uh, anyways, let's look at tonight's NBA action in Boston. We head to uh, TD North Garden, and uh, it is the Celtics and the Heat game three. Game one, the uh, Heat kind of toyed with the Celtics for the first half and then poured it on. And then uh, for the uh, after that, 
it was all heat in the second half. And then game two, the Celtics, you know, a little bit of revenge. I think the Heat are one of those teams that's just a grinding team, so they're not going to look good on every single night. But the body of work just seems to always point to a, a really you know, strong effort. And Kyle Lowry probably going to be back for this one is my guess. Chris, any thoughts on tonight's game in Boston? Yeah, I'm, I'm – my strongest free play here is I like Boston minus three and a half in the first half. We've seen Boston come out strong in each of the first two games in the first half. And, you know, obviously game one, it kind of fell apart. And uh, really that third quarter did the Celtics in as the heat won. But then uh, in game two Celtics were up by 25 rode that to the finish line. And I think another strong first half in store here, I don't expect the heat to go down quietly, but I think, uh, I think we see the Celtics rise up at home and have another solid lead at the end of the first half. Right. Yeah, this was a tough one for me to get to a spread winner here, but I think I'm going to lean towards uh, the Miami Heat plus the points. They're just, you know, one of the probably the best coach team in basketball. And after that absolute uh, woodshedding they took in game two, I think uh, we're going to see a close ball game tonight. So I'm going to take the points in the Miami Heat. How about you, Ron? Hey, you know, I know the first two games of the series, a lot of people were expecting low-scoring games. The total was set super low, and both of them went way, way over the total. But, you know, I do I do think it makes sense. You, know, you look at the total for this game, it hasn't budged. It's still 207.5, which is pretty low. Uh, the public's still on the over, but I, I like the under here. You, you look at both of these teams, they're, both these teams are in the top three in defensive efficiency in the playoffs thus far. Both teams were in the top five in defensive efficiency in the regular season. And, you know, you look at Boston in game two, they shot 50% from three, 20 of 40 from three. I just don't think that's going to happen uh, yet again in this spot. I do think this is going to be a first 100 game or 100 points win. So I, I like the under in this one. Al? You know, I, I actually have picked dog premiums on the side and total in this game. Um, I, but I, I can maybe talk about some, something that surprised me and not much surprises me these days, but I was actually surprised to learn how often number one seeds have been underdogs of more than six points in the NBA playoffs. Uh, you wouldn't think it would happen a whole hell of a lot, but it's happened 46 times going back 32 years, which to me was awfully high. Um, you know, because I, I, I was taken aback when I first saw the number for this game. I never would have thought it would have been six and a half points. Um, and and actually, you know, the, the number one seeds have done very well as underdogs of more than six points in the NBA playoffs. They're 29 and 17 ATS. Uh, in elimination games, they're uh, four and four, but in non-elimination games, 25 and 13 ATS, including 14 and three ATS if, the, uh, if their opponents often ATS win. So that... That actually was a little bit surprising to me that we've had this many games where number one seeds are big, big underdogs. Well, I think, you know, I, I think for me, what we saw, um, you know, kind of back to what Ron said, in game one, the world was on the under in that game. And uh, they got fried. And for the public, you know, in general, and, you know, I don't try not to say squares in public too often. I don't really, you know, know if that's even such a case anymore that because betting is so widespread it's hard to tell even who's who and you know some casual bettors are betting a, there just seems to be more disposable income that 
that the upper echelon of the world has, right? So what's a, what you, what's a giant bet for one person is a small bet for, for another. And, so, and that certainly sways the action. We, we never had guys like Mattress Mac before who banged the odds. You know, we've never had guys like that before who kind of just, I wouldn't consider him a sharp better, even though he's throwing down millions of dollars a game. Um, but it certainly does move the odds, and you could see it. You know, when he does it on TV and he hits the window at a horse race, you see it move the odds. And if you can move the odds at Churchill Downs, you sure as hell can move it for, for uh, you know, Carolina Panthers game, you know, or something, you know, so... And it's well, not but just, it, but, it's, but, it, but it, but it is also different with parimutuel betting. Of course, be, yeah. Well, because it's auto, it's automatic. The books, it's kind of an, a manual update when they see their exposure, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, if I if I'm running a book and Mattress Mac walks into my book and makes it that I'm not moving the odds, but <laughs> I'm just taking his bet. Oh, that's me. Right, but it's like you don't want to you don't want to say what if he bets five to seven million? Do you really want to be on the hook for that? You know, if you don't have well, I mean, to be. It's, 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 but you can always, I mean, you've got your choice. You can always lay it off if you want. It's all negotiated anyway. You can take what you want. Um, so, you know, but I'm not, I'm not necessarily going to move the odds because, you know, it's all, it's, it, you negotiate it up front what the price is and how much he's going to bet, right? So, you know, if you, if you, if you, if you move it to a bad number, you're going to get hit, or, hit as well. So, what's the point? I, I just, I, I think that in this case, though, I think what we're looking at here is that the public or, you know, the, the general normal better, the person that, you know, you meet at the guy at the bar, right? The guy at the bar who's talking about betting on sports, they're going to prefer the over to the under. So game one took them way outside of their comfort zone to the underside, and they were super confident about it. Matter of fact, woofing a tremendous amount of it at my direction for giving out the over on, the, uh, on my video pick. But the thing is, is that, um, you know, now that they've been roasted on, on, the, uh, on the under, I think, they're, I think they're a little bit, they've forgotten just how good defensively these teams really are and the reason why they were on the under in that game in the first place. And I think after two games of the feeling out process, uh, take out the boxing gloves for this one. I think this one's going to be played in the octagon. I think I agree with Ron. I think 100 points is going to do it. I think it, I think it could be even less than that. I think in the 90s might do it. it could, this could be a 95, you know, 95-88 type game, you know, either way. But uh, I think it's going to be super low scoring. And I think points are going to be tough to come by. And I think that we're going to see, I think it's going to be chippy. You know, I think that the refs are going to be, uh, you know, put to the test here, decide how tight they're going to call this thing. Because I don't think these guys are going to just sit around and uh, let, let what's happened happen um, to them any longer. It's, uh, you know, there's a lot at stake now. It's game three. It's like it's series one, one. It's now at the best three out of five. Jovan, what do you think? Uh, what are they talking about in Boston? They got the uh, the, the uh, boxing gloves out for this one? Uh, I don't know if they have the boxing gloves out for it, but <laughs> I don't know. Um, optimism of <laughs> ending this in five, I guess, the way they beat down the, the heat in, in the last game. You know, you have these, these um, I don't know, shifts of thought game after game. So at the game one, you know, you had all oh, the heat, 
no, they, they're going to take it. Then, you know, you see the Celtics in game two just run roughshod over them. Now everyone's saying Boston's going to take it to five, six, or whatever. That's the consensus right now. So game from game to game, it shifts. But for me, in as as far as the um the total, and I'm not going to give it out, but um, I think that what you're gonna what what you're gonna need to have for the Heat at least, you know, is for them not to play the Celtics style offensively, which is going you no. Know, playing with tempo because that's what the Celtics are doing and they're killing them like that. And the Heat are trying to do that, but that's not really their style of play. And their three-point shot's not hitting. And if their three-point shot's not hitting, you're relying on Jimmy Butler too much, you know, as you've seen. And basically for six of the eight quarters, they've been in trouble, you know? So they need to they need to slow it down. They need to get into their sets, their, their offensive sets, and and do it that way, but they need someone else to show it. They need Bam Adebayo. They need they actually need a Cal Lowry. But the Heat, but back. the Heat have been in trouble in seventy-seven of their eighty-two regular season games. Also, I mean, it just seems that they're always in trouble. And then, even the year, even two years ago in the bubble when they went to the finals, every single game they were in trouble until the last five minutes. And then they mm-hmm. they keep it close enough. They claw their way back. They kind of get under the other team's skin. They frustrate them. The other team starts taking bad shots. Then the Heat out-muscle them underneath the boards. And then they go to the whiteboard. And when this guy goes to the whiteboard in the last five minutes, it's all over because there's not a coach out there outside of Popovich, maybe you know Phil Jackson if he came back, who are really in the same league as him when it comes to, when it comes to those last five minutes you know, and drawing it up when you actually he's have def- to coach. He's def- Eric Spross is definitely a uh, top-notch X and O's guy, you know, can't can't say anything about that, but when, to me, when you're dealing with two of your five, you know, five starters <laughs> being undrafted, you you saw it in game two. You know, it 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 wore on them. They need Kyle Lowry to come back, and they need um, they need um, uh, who got it? Who's the one who got injured? Journeyman, but no, he plays he plays hella five defense. Ah, uh, forget his name. He was where um. Oh, PJ. Uh, PJ PJ Tucker. Yep. You know, so they need those two guys. If they're not gonna have them, you know, it when you when you miss guys like that, rotational guys that are key pieces, and you don't have them, it it hurts. It hurts in your in your rotational sets, especially like in your second unit, and you know at least in basketball. So they need those guys. They they traveled to Boston, so they could play. I don't I don't know the um. I, don't I think Lowry's going to play, and I, yeah, I think I think I think Victor Oladipo needs to take a bigger role here too, and and really provide a spark here. He certainly has the skills to do so, and we saw the Celtics do this same tactic back in the day. It was Bill Walton. I talk about it on our morning show all the time. It was kind of an injured, banged up guy who really had a great skill set and could contribute full tilt for twelve minutes a game. You know. And that was Bill Walton. And he always provided that spark because, I mean, a big guy. He's, he's Chet Holmgren before there was a Chet Holmgren, right? He's as good, he's a better passer than Chet Holmgren. He's a better player than Chet. I mean, he's way better than Chet Holmgren. Not even, it's not even compared. They talk about Chet Holmgren like he's a point guard or whatever. Bill Walton is the best passing center. It's, I mean, there's, there's ever been. So, um, I don't know. I just think that, uh, I think this game's going to be physical. And I think what we've seen from the Heat, 
all season long is that in the first quarter, they start throwing up shots. And it's like, if they don't go, well, then they're going to be clawing their way out of the whole, the whole game. And it's like, you know, but they will be throwing up the threes early. It's just what they do. And if they don't drop, well, then they're in a hole. But if they do hit, they normally run away and hide. So uh, you got to watch out. Al Ninos, um, Celtics favored by six and a half. Is that an automatic for you there? Or are you just you look at both sides here? I always got to look at both sides, uh, especially when you're laying this many points. Uh, but, yeah, I got my uh, premium play on the side, so don't want to say too much about that. Uh, but uh, as far as the total goes, that's pretty tough, too. You said two uh, very good defensive teams, but we've seen uh, this game go over the total. And I just think this total is still set a bit too low for me, personally. So I might sound like the guy at the bar, but uh, I think i got to go the over if I had to play this total. But I don't have any action on it. All right, Al Nino's at the bar early and often here. On Saturday, he's gearing up. It's gonna, it's gonna get all lathered up for the Preakness and just uh, be, be babbling by the time they tip off at TD North Garden tonight. But anyways, uh, speaking of babbling, Chris, what do you got for sale today? I got a couple things for sale. I got my uh, my MLB fifteen dollar pickoff play. We hit our first one yesterday. I'm trying to make it two in a row. And I got my uh, my MLB Saturday triple play. My three other favorite best bets on the uh, MLB card for thirty nine ninety five. How about you, Brian? I'll tell you what, sitting at fourth place in the baseball rankings, going to try to move up today. I got my uh, Brian Bittler's all-baseball super sharp three-pack, my three best bets in baseball for $40 at pickdogs.com, premium picks. Uh, trying to catch Romanelli, who's number one right now. Well, there's a lot, lot, lot to be played. You can't, you can't win the baseball championship in, in May, that's for sure. Um, Romanelli's doing a good job. Though. He's doing a great job. He's got the rundown going. He's killer. He's superstar, celebrity. He's our he's our latest. Uh, he's uh, the the uh, the king of the internet. The king of all media. Worldwide. <laughs> wants his autograph, so you have to get him send out a picture. World, worldwide Romanelli. Everyone's saying how much more they like him than me, and I, I'm good with it. <laughs> I'm way good with. It. I've had I have had a really long good run, and so. Uh, it's about time to see, you know, the light at least of where the torch can be passed as far as uh, delivering it every day on YouTube. Ron, what do you got cooking today with the, uh, we know the rundown is out and uh, it's been run down and uh, what do you got? Yep, I got my uh, top play each day, my Ron's rundown, MLB best bet. We've cashed six of those in a row, so we're going for a full week worth of uh, winners there. I've also got a three-pack in the MLB with my best bet, and then you get two other plays, one of my total crushers and my money line slammer. Uh, so, yeah, three-pack and my best bet. You got Big Al. Big Al, you can see where the future of our business is going. It's right next to you on the screen. Um, I think we're in good hands. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've got a lot today. I've... Um not had very many basketball plays in this conference final round. I've only had one and that was on golden state in game one. I, I passed the Boston series completely until today. And I passed golden state uh, Dallas in game two, but I like both the side and total in uh, this game three tonight between uh, Boston and Miami. And my totals play is my Eastern conference total of the year. So that's really strong. Then I have, um, 
baseball as well. I've got two baseball plays. I lost yesterday. I was 0-1. I had a baseball play, and that was a tough loss. We had San Francisco and extra innings, but I looked to bounce back. I'm 46-23 and 23 in my last 69 in baseball. I've got two MLB winners. I've got the Preakness Stakes as we look to stay red hot at the track. And then to round it all out, I've got USFL football, which you know I don't think a lot of people are handicapping, but you know I've been enjoying handicapping it thus far, and I'm going to have uh, two plays. Um, I still need to post them at, at Pick Dog, so I should get going and, and do that. The, um, the game tonight's a night game, and then I'll have a play for uh, Sunday as well. So I'll, I'll get those posted uh, fairly soon, but I'll have two USFL plays uh, as well uh, on the weekend. How about you, Jovan? What do you got cooking today? Uh, I got a got one playing um in the Eastern Conference Finals game three, twenty nine ninety nine at the website. Al Ninos got a three pack. My best bet in each sport, and I have a three pack in the MLB and a few extra MLB plays for one on the long term passes. All right. I got a, my $15 big play. Um, I've hit five of my last six on that. I've got, I added an afternoon play. And um, I've got a three-pack. I've got a pick in the, on my side pick on tonight's NBA Finals. And, uh, yeah. Got my weekly, my three-day, my monthly, my yearly. Got, got it all. Do yourself a favor. Get Go long-term, way cheaper. I know a lot of people hammering Ron's rundown pick for 15 bucks a day, but if you bought his week, how much is your weekly? I'm actually not sure off the top of my head. Let me see. There's a, there's a guy who, see, see, he's only in it for the money. Yeah. <laughs> like he couldn't even tell you how much a pick is. $159.99. $159.99. How about the monthly? Uh, 389.99. 389.99. So 15 times. So it'd be 600 a month for just the rundown. Yeah. No, it'd be less. I than usually that, have about three plays a day. It'd be about 500 for the rundown if you just got the rundown play, but he has three plays a day. So you get three times the picks for two thirds the money. Something like that. It's a nice deal. What a great deal. <laughs> it's a bargain. <laughs> If you act right now, I'll throw on my hat. We got our two, we got our two for one capper <laughs> specials as well, so be sure to check those out. We're actually going to be adding longer term and kind of um, some other two for one capper specials as we go. Um, I think we're going to be adding three month and uh, six month and yearly something like that. Not sure what, how it's going to work, but I go to the meeting. But it's I like you know my job here is to say. Take whatever Bittler's on the other side of. <laughs> I dare you. Yeah, I, speaking of the other side, <laughs> Arizona Diamondbacks. <laughs> taking on the Chicago Cubs. You got one right. You got one right. You got me. How about the, uh, how about, how about the uh, yes runs first inning over two and a half in the Atlanta-Miami uh, game at plus, what was it, Chris, 865? Hit that yeah, on? Think, yeah, it was around plus 860, 865. I gave it out on yesterday's morning show. I see Trevor Rogers. I say yes to the Yerfy. And I tell you what, I don't, I don't feel, you know, I don't. Chris asked me why I didn't go three and a half yesterday. And I said, no reason to be a pig, you know. 
There's no reason. At two and a half at eight sixty five. What was the what was the three and a half? We wouldn't have cashed plus, it though. Plus fifteen fifty. Fifteen fifty. Ooh. They know how to get me though, those books. They dangle it out there, right? They're like, Maybe we can get them. At, I don't know. Maybe tomorrow we'll go seventeen twenty. You know, it's like <laughs> trying to get me. But uh we've got uh the White Sox Yankees game Uno, Nestor Cortez Jr. Already clarified that that's Ruflo's second favorite Cuban American junior next to Desi Arnaz Jr. We've got Justin Steele minus 145 <laughs> <laughs> oh man sign me up what is going on in this world oh man Justin Steele the minus 145 favorite. I think the Cubs haven't beaten the Diamondbacks since the Eisenhower administration. <laughs> and then you got Toronto against the against the Reds. Remember, I think it was what year was it? Was it 2004? 2000? No, 2007. The Cubs played the Diamondbacks and they were like beating their chest like in the playoffs. And it was, I mean, one of the quickest sweeps you'll ever see. It was like three lightning quick. It was three like two hour games that the Diamondbacks won three nothing. It was like, oh man, they were in and out. Um, and ever since then, it's, it's really always been the same story. But anyways, Yankees, White Sox, Nestor Cortez, Dallas Keuchel. Number two is the Cubs, Diamondbacks. That's Justin Minus 145 steal versus Madison Bumgarner, who's really not been bad this season. And then Alec Manoa is a minus 260 pitcher these days to the Cincinnati Reds, who have covered nine run lines as a dog in a row. Talk about handing out the money. Um, they did it again last night. I know Brian loves that Cincinnati Reds run line. What do you think, Brian, these three? Well, you might call me a public tool today, but I'm going to take the Toronto Blue Jays, but I'm going to lay the two and a half here at a plus 30. Again, lucky on these alternate spreads, and I just think Alec uh, Manoa is just a dominant pitcher, and Green hasn't showed me much of anything. Uh, I think the Except Blue for Jays the no-hitter last time out, right? <laughs> he has told me nothing. <laughs> Except for the no-hitter last time he was out. Go one start doesn't make a season. The ball well, he was the second the overall pick in the entry draft, so it's like obviously he's got a high ceiling. Today. I think I think Manoa is going to step up. And shown me up. nothing. <laughs> Okay, but that's my that's my public tool play. I I really like the White Sox plus the one and a half. Uh, Dallas Keuchel's had many problems this season, but I think he's off uh, two. Uh, I would say sturdy starts, nothing special. But I think the White Sox have the offense to stay in this game with the Yankees, and Cortez has pitched well above his stat line. Uh, maybe saw a young candidate in American League. Give me the White Sox plus the one and a half, and then Arizona Diamondbacks and Cubs. Give me the Cubs all day. The only reason it's not a premium is that. Money line's a little high, minus 150, minus 145. I just, I don't think they're giving away money here. So, uh, loved I'll Kyle Hendricks up. yesterday. <laughs> I, got, I got one, but I'm back on the Cubs today. They get it done. Okay. Chris Ruffalo, you were on, you were on the, you were with Brian yesterday. How about today? Yeah. Jumping ship at minus 145. I can't even swim and I jump ship. I'm, I'm, I'm on the, uh, I'm on the Diamondbacks here. I think, uh, you know, Justin, the man of steel, I think we found his kryptonite. I think we're going to take the uh, the Diamondbacks. We've just been the better team so far in this series. And uh, as much as I don't, you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't love, uh, I don't love Madison Bumgarner's last couple of starts, but uh, 
Well, the one. How about the one where you? How about the one where he got thrown out of the game in the first inning? That one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I'm just saying. I just don't. I didn't love it all overall, but he's been pitching fairly well this season, even though he's only going about five innings per. So, and just this pick for me is just the fact that the Arizona Diamondbacks have been the better team so far in this series. So, yeah, give me Arizona there. I'm still sticking with the Chicago White Sox plus one and a half. Looks like we have the same pitching matchup, Keuchel and Cortez Jr. and my, my thoughts haven't wavered on that. And I like the over eight in uh, in that Blue Jays and, and Reds matchup. I think if, uh, if Cincinnati is going to do any scoring, it probably comes off of uh, Toronto's bullpen. I think Toronto can get to Hunter Green here. I, I think it says some of that, you know, you throw a no-hitter and you still find a way to lose the game. So Six times uh, in Major League history. Yeah. I mean, it's... It doesn't happen often, but I think it's just it's just sort of a microcosm of Hunter Green's season. He's, he's pitched as well as he possibly could, but I think it's, it's something always finds a way to, 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 to kind of screw him a little bit. So I'm going to take the over eight now, and I think we see a bunch of runs in that game. Ron, Brian, obviously a little jealous that it wasn't him that got to fondle Madison Bumgarner's hands. Who do you like in this time slot? Well, you might want to get the tomatoes ready. You know, I've had a lot of regrets in my life, but I don't think any of them are as big as me not putting the Cubs in as a premium play today. I really like Chicago in the spot. Uh, the price is steep, like Brian mentioned, so shop your lines. I'm seeing it go up to like minus 160, which is getting up there. Maybe lay the run line, but I don't think there's going to be a lot of runs scored in this game, so that might be tricky. It could be a one-run game, but... I like the Cubs. You know, you look at Chicago's offensively against lefties. They're 10th in the league in team OPS against lefties. They're 7th in the league in isolated power against lefties. And Madison Bumgarner has a 2.29 ERA, but I don't think it's going to last much longer. You look at his FIP at 4.56, his ex-FIP at 5.13. He's only striking out 5.35 batters per nine innings. That's way, way down from last season. And he's really more of a pitch-to-contact guy to begin with. 3.57 walks per nine are up from last year, so I really don't know how he has that 2.29 ERA, to be honest with you. And Justin Steele, he doesn't give up hard contact. He doesn't give up many home runs. He's in the top 99th percentile in barrel percentage this season. I think he pitches well against the Diamondbacks lineup that loves righties more than lefties this year against lefties. They are, I think, 26th in team OPS against lefties this season. Uh, so I like the Cubs here. I think they win this ball game. so I'll take them on the money line. Jovan, or Big Al, I'm sorry. Jovan can go if he wants to go. Um, you, you know, I I saw Nestor Cortez, you know, on TV. I was watching the game, if, you know, a few starts ago where he almost threw the no-hitter against Texas. I mean, he looked so good. A, a lot of pitchers might have letdowns after that start, but he just continued to roll. Uh, he's been terrific all season. He hasn't given up more than two earned runs in any of his seven starts this year. And then you take a look at the White Sox, you know, as a road underdog, 13 wins in their last 47 as a road underdog. I, I like the Yankees at this price with Cortez. You know, Keuchel's been, you know, crap for the most part this season. Uh, so I, I do like the Yankees there. Um, you know, I was enjoying what uh, – uh, Ron was saying about Bumgarner um, because I also think he's been, you know, pitching above his level. But that being said, I mean, even in his daytime starts this year, he has a 0 0.82 um, ERA. You know, I just I don't necessarily want to fade him and lay this price with the Cubs. So um, I'll probably stay away from that game. Um, and what was the third game we were talking about? Third game is the Blue Jays and the Reds. Yeah, I've got no opinion on that one at all. Jovan? Yeah, I'm um, 
I'm going to ride with, with the Reds on the run line, though. I think it's going to be a, a one-run game, if you ask me. Um, I mean, I like Hunter Green's stuff, and, you know, last game, he, he shows something. Now, can he piece it together to, a, to, a, to the next start? I'm, I'm banking on it, you know, that at least on the run line, not for the, not, not on the money line. And this line, this, uh, well, this total is looking kind of low, you know, being in Toronto. And I think they're trying to go you to the over. I'm, um, I'm, a, I'm a rock with the, with the under in this one. You usually don't see eights in, in, um, in this stadium. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a shot at the under in this one. El Ninos, you got two minus 200 favorites in one time slot. Does life get any better for you than that? What a better way to start your day, huh? I don't know. Um, but uh, I do like the uh, the Diamondbacks, though. You said Bumgarner maybe, uh, maybe getting a little lucky this year, but uh, I'll still take my chances with him against the Cubs. I mean, Cubs haven't shown me uh, much at all to be laying minus 145 against anyone, really. So... Um, so, yeah, I'll take a shot with the Diamondbacks here. Take Dallas Keuchel and the White Sox in this one against the Yankees. Total homer pick. I don't care. And uh, not a premium pick or anything like that. I'm just rooting for the White Sox. I'll put a couple bucks on them in that gigantic price. I think they certainly can beat the Yankees, so why not? I think Keuchel really hasn't been that bad. Nestor Cortez, a little bit of a regression, I would say. Not like, you know, it hasn't like fallen off of a cliff or anything, but it's certainly, um, he's not getting better, you know, with every start. Um, and I, I like the Reds here, too. Um, besides Brian Bittler laying two and a half runs there, I like the nine game uh, cover streak here for the Reds on the run line. I think that this is way too aggressive for the Blue Jays, who are really just a four and six team in their last 10 games. They're not playing anything special right now. Um, they beat the Reds by one run as part of that four and six. It's part of the four is a one, one, one run win over a Reds team that now has 11 wins. This team was three and 21, right? So the Reds are actually playing the better baseball than the Blue Jays right now. They have the momentum right now. And I, I know Manoa is their best guy, but I tell you, this guy could use a couple hours in the gym a day. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not really in position to talk, but then again, I'm not a professional athlete either. But I think that that will wear on you over the course of a season. You know, we've seen it happen. And, um, you know. Well, look at CC Sabathia. He didn't have, he, he was overweight, but he pitched uh, well into late in his career. Not, CC Sabathia didn't seem as jiggly as this guy. CC Sabathia was a big guy, but this guy looks to be a little uh, jiggly in there. You know, he, he, he does. I'm just calling it like I see it. You know, Bartolo, you know, he got he got bigger each season. But, it, you know, this guy is like, you know, this guy's like 20 years old. You know, he's like 400 pounds or something. Kyle Lowry used to be, used to be pudgy. He dropped it. He became a much better player. I don't know. Just throwing out that Le'Veon Bell did it. Remember that he had massive season. Throwing it out there. Someone that's you, everyone's thinking it. You know, could say it. It's okay. Obviously, not a popular opinion on this show. Anyways, we'll go to our next pick. Yeah, we're, we got the Rockies and the Mets game one at Coors. Snowed out yesterday. We got uh, 
Giants and how about that? 80 degrees in Denver one day, snowstorm the next day. That's Den- that's Denver weather for you. Got the Giants, Carlos Rodon up against Joe Musgrove for the Padres. How is Jakob Yunus favored in any game? You know, how does that even make sense? You know, it's like, it's kind of like when Andrew Kashner went to the Red Sox and was minus 185. It's like, in what world? You know? Who's, what are you talking about? Who's favored? Well, Yunus was favored yesterday. Oh, yesterday. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were about today's game. because You picked him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I picked on the other side. I didn't pick Yunus yesterday. Or maybe it was Ruffalo. Yeah, it was probably me. I'm glad you guys are calling him Jakob Yunus. I did. And I, cre- I credited you on that. I credited yeah. you. And then you got Garrett Whitlock up against Chris Flexen. Um, Chris Flexen, the, the, uh, the charm of last year, seemed to be wearing off in a hurry on this guy. But Garrett Whitlock, a guy who came out of the bullpen, and uh, the film looks to be out on him as well. He's not, like, falling off a cliff or anything, but it's not, he's gone from zero runs to two runs. Is this is where the, the buck stops, or does he go to, from two runs to five runs? We're going to find out soon. But um, he's pitching up against Chris Flexen. In this one, Al Ninos, what do you think of these three? Um, so we had uh, Rockies, no, went, the Rockies, yeah. Mets, Giants, Padres, Red Sox, Mariners. I think, yeah, I love uh, again the Padres. Probably should have been a premium play on the money line. Uh, Musgrove's looked great this year. Rodon's been good too. Uh, Giants are a good team, but I think there's just too much value to pass up on the way Musgrove's been pitching. And I think the Padres have been uh, way better than I expected them to be, too, without Tati. So a lot of value there. Uh, like we said, uh, the Red Sox, yeah, I said Flexen's been very disappointing this year after last year. So uh, I'll take a shot with the Red Sox minus one here. Jovan? And uh, probably the over in the Rockies game. Jovan? Yeah, I'm on the Padres in this one. Um, Rodon got blown up his last game. He might, you know, he's a good pitcher, so, you know, he he should have a better performance. But Joe Musgrove's just pitching a cut above this um, this season so far. You know, um, I wasn't too high on him a couple years back, but he ever since he's been with, with San Diego, not ever since, but this year at least, you know, in the, I believe the second part of last year, he's been pitching real good. So I'm on, I'm on, um, I'm gonna back the Padres, and gotta take the over in the um, Mariners and Red Sox. I don't like the um the half on the nine, but I'm gonna take it anyway. The Red Sox bats just hot right now, and they're going you know, up against Chris Flexen. I I could see him giving up five plus, and. You know, the Red Sox bullpen and the uh, Mariners bullpen giving something up. So I think they can get the 10, 10 runs total. Mariners seem to have been on the road for a long time. Waiting for Big Al to hit the computer base here and tell us how two pitchers facing off a year after they both pitched a no-hitter fair in the home and away cities. And Actually, one of the pitchers was no longer on the same team that he threw the no-hitter on. But uh, that's what we have here in the Giants-Padres game. Yeah, um... I've actually got a pick dogs premium play on that game, so is it that angle? Is that the angle? No. Yeah, was was Flexen number one and number two in money one last year? He was up there, number one, number one. But that's baseball for you. I mean, it's like these general managers throw out all this money to guys who 
you know, have one good year and then, you know, welcome to Major League Baseball. Now, now look what you get. Uh, Seattle's one in six in his seven starts this season. Um, I don't think he's pitched as bad as that record, though. You know, I mean, you would think, you know, a guy with a 4.35 ERA and a 1.29 whip, you'd think they'd win more than one out of the seven games. But um, I actually like Seattle here, uh, you know, at this price. Take a look at what Seattle's done in its day daytime games 48 and 24 i'm sorry 42 and 28 plus 24.0 net games on the money line conversely boston it, it has done terrible in its daytime games uh four and 12 minus 9.8 net games i'll, I'll definitely take a shot with flexing here and just look for a, a bounce um i don't think it's as bad as this one in six records so far ron romanelli I can't believe I'm saying this, but I disagree with Al McMorty. I'm waiting for the lightning to strike me. I, but... think, I think a lot of people <laughs> disagree with me. <laughs> well, I just disagree with the point. I do think Flexen is actually pitching worse than his 1-6 and six record suggests. I think he's one of the worst starters in baseball right now, in my opinion. But the biggest reason for that is he's never really been a strikeout guy, so he's, not, he's more of a pitch-to-contact guy. But when you're giving up 1.6 home runs per nine as a pitch-to-contact guy, that's where you can run into problems. The walks are also up from last season. So he has a 4.35 ERA, but a 5.1 expected ERA, 4.92 FIP. So I do think there's actually even more room for regression. I mean, the record-wise, I kind of throw out records and starting pitchers anyway, but ERA-wise, I think there is even more room to fail. I think the Red Sox scored plenty in this one. I like the over in that game, but I also like the Mets on the money line in game one. I lean towards the Rockies on the money line in game two. I think this is a perfect split doubleheader. The Mets have played in like five doubleheaders this season. It seems whether they're home or on the road, they're, all their games keep getting uh, rained out or something. But I do think uh, with uh, Carlos Carrasco pitching well this season, I think they get the job done. But unfortunately, guys, I'm going to have to head out. This is uh, i got to get going. But I wanted to give out a parlay if that would be all right. Sure. Okay, I'm going to take... The Cubs on the money line. I'm going to take the Cardinals on the run line, and I'm going to do Rockies in game two on the money line. All right. Ron Romanelli. Good luck, everybody. Make it a winning day. Ryan, you're up. Well, for me, I think, um, you know, Seattle's been on the road for quite a bit. I think Chris Flexen is going to be really hit around this season, and uh, Whitlock might not be a minus-165 starter, but I think the Red Sox, these are the games they need to win at home. I'll lay that uh, heavy juice price. I think the Giants-Padres looks very similar to Arizona and the Chicago Cubs here. Really, they'd love to see you here in the Padres with Musgrove, who's had a great year, but Radon really only one bad start. I think uh, he bounces back here. I think the Giants get the win. I'll lay that heavy price with San Francisco. Chris? Yeah, I'm, I'm still sticking with my guns with the Padres here. I love Joe Busgrove. He's hometown kid pitching for his for his team. And uh, Padres 7-0 and in his starts this year. I think this is just maybe more of a value play for me than uh, the, than just laying minus 160 with the Giants. I know Radon's been a strikeout machine, but uh, you know, getting plus 135 with Musgrove, I'll take that. And I'll take, I'll take the over and I'll take the year fee in that game one. Between uh, the Mets and Colorado, I think you could actually hit the Yerfie in both of those games. But, uh, yeah, give me the over in the Yerfie in, in game one. Giants really pound right-handed pitching. Um, while um, the Padres moderately better against lefties. But last time out, um, when Redon did get hit, it was against a team that um, hits lefties extremely hard. So that's the difference, you know. Um, in that one, 
But uh, I don't know. I think you got two good pitchers. Easy to just to stay the hell away for that one. Um, if Al's got a premium play, then his play is going to be better than mine on that one. That's for sure. I um, I think that we still have a, probably an over there in game one in Colorado. But it's also the Mets run line for me there. Once again, Colorado struggling against Eastern, Eastern Division teams. Um, really getting smoked in those games, too. It's not like they've been close games and they got edged out or anything like that. The East has just absolutely crushed them, so they're just not matching up well against them. And I think that there is something to me that's to be said about um, teams in the same division and how teams fare against teams from the same division because teams in the same division are generally meant to to play against teams in their division and to beat the teams in their division because that's who they play the most and uh, that's who it's going to take to to beat them and to to get to the championship. Same thing in you know in the NFL. I always say the same thing. It's like you know you're going to play those teams every single year. You're going to play them twice. So you have to prepare. You have to build your roster to beat those teams. Those are the games that are going to count the most. And I think it's the same thing in baseball, and that's why the Rockies, you know, against the East, they just do not match up against that style that they're playing, whatever the case may be. But um, I like the Mets there on the run line. I think, uh, I think it probably is a good day to bring a glove to Fenway Park. We've seen a lot of hitting there, just a lot of hitting. And uh, I don't know. Um, Romanelli seemed to really be bashing Chris Flexen, but there's a few other pitchers I think that I would rather not have than him, but um, he still has been terrible this season. Move to the next set of games. That is the Phillies and the Dodgers. Mitch White up against Aaron Nola. We've got Eliza Hernandez up against Kyle Wright in the Marlins versus Braves game. The Braves have won about 150 games. These teams play every single day. I mean, they play every week. They have a three-game series. It just seems that this is like when I was a kid and they, before they had the, you know, the NFL game pass, when the Chargers played the Broncos every single week and it was always at Denver. You know, it's like the Braves and the Marlins just seem to play an awful lot. And it's, it's, maybe it's the, at the beginning of the seasons, you know, every season, that all their series are just bunched together like this. But they seem to play each other an awful lot. And it's, the Braves have been winning all the games in Miami. So, um, something to keep in mind. And then Shane Bieber, who uh, Al Ninos uh, really doesn't have a lot of nice things to say about, up against Alex Fado, who hasn't been bad for the Tigers. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the uh, – I'm actually looking at the Dodgers here against the Phillies. I, I, For whatever reason, the Phillies can't win with Aaron Nola on the mound. That's, that's not a knock on Nola. It's just one of those things that – until I see them sort of snap out of that funk, lost seven straight of, uh, as a team of Nola's starts, and I think I got to go with the Dodgers just with with that batting order against Nola. I'll take uh, I'll take the plus money, and I'll, I'm going to take the Yerfi. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to follow suit. Maybe I was a game late, but I'll take the Yerfi in that uh, Atlanta Braves and and Miami Marlins matchup. I might even go with over one and a half runs. I think uh, I think Alicia Hernandez can get tagged for a couple in the first, and uh, Kyle Wright may be prone to give up one himself. Doesn't take much to get me on the Yerfi, Brian. Yeah, I wonder what the. I wish I had the database that uh, that Big Al has because I'd love to know what the Dodgers' record is as a posted uh, underdog over the last couple of years. It's just uh, you don't see it very often. I, I like Aaron Nola and the Phillies. Uh, maybe I'm a homer. Maybe that's a homer pick. I just uh, 
Aaron Nola has been hit or miss this season as far as starts go. He gets blown up from time to time. But Mitch White's been a mediocre uh, AAA pitcher. So, for me, I'll take the Phillies and Nola at a minus 130 or so. And then Guardians, Tigers, uh, you know, Fado. Uh, I wouldn't fade Fado today. I'd take him on the run line against Bieber. Bieber's been competent, but uh, uh, nothing to write, write home about. Tigers brutal on the road, but I think it's a one-run game. Big out. Now my daughter keeps interrupting me. Now she left her ukulele playing here, so you can probably hear that in the background. Um, anyway, yeah, the uh, I guess Brian's wish is my command. Um, you know, the the Dodgers. Hey, hey, Bernie, I'll, I'll be out in a second. I'm I'm on I'm on the radio right now. Um, so the Dodgers have not been an underdog. Obviously, very often this is uh, their first time this year. Last year, they were an underdog twice where they were plus money, both against the Padres. They were 0-2. Uh, 2020, they were not an underdog at all the entire season. Go back to 2019, they were 3-6. and six. And then in their final seven games of 2018, they were 2-5. and five. So when you add it all up, um, I think that's 5-13, uh, and 13, their last 18 in the underdog role but obviously as chris mentioned something's got to give because you know philadelphia's lost all seven of uh aaron nola's last seven starts this season after i think winning his first start of the year so you know it's an interesting game i'm really curious to see what mitch has to say because he he loves going against the dodgers so do you double love it when they're an un- when they're an underdog i uh, i actually i he's the, a dodger the, lover now he's i i'm when I have a priority list, so the Phillies are the are the scum of the bottom of the barrel. So like everything, every it's like yeah, it has to. It's in the tiebreaker, you take the Dodgers over the Phillies. So it's like that's it's just the way that it has to work. I like to fade the Dodgers every game, but I like to fade the Phillies every game, which is actually a better payer historically because I mean, I I like teams to I like teams that like the Phillies that put all their money into the bats, right. They put all the money into the bats, and when it comes to uh, pitching, I mean, they just stink. And when it comes to investing money in the bullpen, Bryce Harper, like, makes more in a month than their bullpen makes in a year combined, you know, and it shows. They've got nothing. They're going to get hammered. I think the smart money is to fade the Dodgers whenever they're opposed to dog. It's funny that you would mention smart money of all people. I, just, I, mean, I, I, actually would, I actually would agree with Brian here. I mean, I mean, if given the choice between, you know, what's the lesser of two evils, I, I would definitely take Philadelphia here because, you know, Nola hasn't pitched poorly this year. They just haven't won in his stars. I mean, Nola, you know, has a 0.97 whip. I would take my chances with Nola against Mitch White, you know, minus twenty, you know, any day of the week. I'm on the Dodgers. All day, twice on Saturday. Anyways, Chris, did, it, did we all go? Did Chris, did you go in this one? Oh, no, we're going the other way. Yeah, I think it's just Alan Javon that happened. All right, so Javon's up. Yeah, I'm on the Phillies. You know, I'm not an Aaron Nolan, Nola guy, so it has nothing to do with that. I just think that he's actually been... You know, he did pitch good his last two starts against the Dodgers. Um, last start, seven runs, two innings. 
I mean, it was seven, seven innings, two, two runs, and he's going up against Mitch White. I think Mitch White gives up several runs. You know, the Phillies should be able to hit him. So, not. I mean, I understand that. You know, the Phillies haven't won seven, the last seven of them. Aaron Nola starts, but it has to end at some point, and I think it ends today. I was waiting for someone else to get the soundboard instead of just me. <laughs> Al Ninos, you going to take the Phillies here? <laughs> uh, I think I have to. Uh, one th- the main reason is uh, not only the last two starts, but he's always pitched well against this lineup. But the only guy that's hit him a little bit is uh, Freeman. He's got 15 hits, two home runs, 12 RBIs against him. Uh, but it's taken 63 at-bats for him to get those numbers, so uh, not great numbers there, and the rest of the lineup is doing a lot worse against him. So, um, yeah, I have to take a shot with the Phillies. Not not really rushing to bet it, but but if I had to, I would take the Phillies. Take yeah, your Kershaw up. shirt. They're going to knock on your door and take your Kershaw shirt from you. <laughs> uh, I like the Dodgers yesterday. Though. I had them on the drive-thru. Yeah, and... Uh, and Bieber, I've bashed him a lot on the show, but I believe I backed him last week on here. He came through, and I think I have to. I like this Detroit team. Honestly, I kind of like this lineup a little bit, but uh, the Guardians have been better, and uh, I think Bieber is the more, uh, um, I don't know what the word is here. No, I think he's the better option. Um, but... Um, so, yeah, um, they are juice, so it'd be a Guardians minus one for me there and the over in the Braves game. Okay. Everyone knows where I stand. Dodgers, reverse run line all day, twice on Saturday. I like that Yurfi. I'm with Ruffalo there. I don't, I don't like the extended, but I think we get a solo shot here off of uh, Hernandez for the Yurfi and Shane Bieber and, uh, and uh, Fado. I'll go with the Nerfie in that one. Yeah, that's right. Heard it. Happened here. Did it. My first Nerfie of the season. I wonder what's more surprising, me going against the Dodgers or you doing the Nerfie? Oh, the, I mean the Nerfie. Yeah, that's my first my first Nerfie of the season is that one right there. No, uh, so Fado's not bad. Fado's not bad. Not bad at all. I just always think these good pitchers like Bieber, though, if you're going to get them, you got to get them early. You know, that, that is the book on those guys. Once they start sweating like Framber, it's like that's it. Got the uh, Pirates and the Cardinals. Jose Quintana going for the Pirates. He's my candidate for the Pirates trade deadline, beat themselves up trade of the year. Um, Quintana's pitched lights out. He's been one of those guys at the trade deadline before, more than once. He's a left-handed pitcher, always in style at the trade deadline. He's got a good ERA, and he's on the Pirates, so he's available. Um, this is the guy who, for the Pirates, the trade deadline deal guy is Jose Quintana this year. Just book it right now. Just I'll tell you right now, it's going to happen. He goes um, back to the White Sox. He could go back to the White Sox. He could go to the Yankees. Crickets. How about the Phillies? There's a lot of teams here. Go. There's a, a left-handed starting pitcher is always is always you know a commodity. Is always a commodity. Any bullpen guys. 
So how about you think the White Sox, if he goes to the White Sox, do you think they'll trade Eloy Jimenez and, and Dylan Cease for him? Hmm. No, no. <laughs> that's what they got for him. I mean, that's what they got when they traded him. It was Eloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease for Jose Quintana. I don't think they're going to trade that back to get him. Um, Baltimore Orioles against the Tampa Bay Rays. This game just ended from last night. Um, 13 innings. The Rays had every chance to win that game and let it get away from them. Then they had every chance to lose the game and couldn't even do that right. And then finally, uh, finally a two-run home run just to get it over with. You know, It didn't matter. There was a guy on third with, I think, nobody out um, in, in that game. And then Justin Verlander, I'm not betting against him again. I already did that with, uh, with Ryan, and he threw a one-hitter. So um, I don't care. He's minus 256. I got the Astros in this one. There. I said it. Minus 256. Lay it. Overlay it. Book it. Cash it. I'll, I'll do the Jovan. Book it. Cash it. Bet it. <laughs> I, like, I like Verlander. Chris, uh, Chris, what do you think of these three? You know what? I'm going to go with the uh, actually going to go with the Pittsburgh Pirates and the plus money there. I like the St. Louis Cardinals, but Matthew Liberatore, he's, he's, he's sort of a implemented last minute in place of Miles Michaelis, and he's been a mediocre starter in AAA the last couple of seasons. He's been around a 500 pitcher, and I think like like you said, Mitch Quintana just pitching very well right now, and uh, I think he can he can help the Pirates steal a win here. Probably a one-run victory. So, uh, giving the uh, the Pirates in that one, I'm going to take the under eight and a half in that Tampa Bay Baltimore matchup. A lot of hype right now that Adley Rutschman finally, you know, the top prospect in baseball making his debut here. But uh, I think this pitching matchup between Bradish and, and Springs, two pitchers that want to sort of hold on to their spots in their respective rotations over the course of the season, I think we see a bit of a duel there. And uh, I'm going to take. I'm with you. I'm taking Justin Verlander minus two and a half, minus three and a half. The Texas Rangers have kept this uh, this head-to-head fairly close this season, but this is probably going to be the one game where it really gets blown open. You think the Pirates get anything for Quintana in that trade? You think they're going to get some, another guy that they'll trade next year at the trade deadline? <laughs> it depends who they trade him to. I, I don't know. We, well, they, they the Pirates generally have the open trade pipeline to the Yankees. It's generally the team that they that they trade with. So, Brian, what do you think of these three? Yeah, I'm going to take the Rays here at this moderate price. Uh, Springs, uh, I don't see him going more than three or four innings, but the Rays have the bullpen to get the job done. And Bradish, uh, uh, he's a mid, uh, probably below mediocre pitcher. So I like the Rays here in this one. And then I agree with Ruflo. I'm going to take the Astros minus two and a half at plus 132. It's just uh, Verlander's dominant. No reason to go against him today. Hey, Gal. You know, I don't have much of an opinion on two of the three games. I've got a pick dogs premium play on 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 the third, so I'm gonna stay away from, um, I guess, commentary. We call that taking the, a uh, roofalo on that I'm segment. I'm gonna take a roofalo. I, 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 for for those who've been waiting with bated breath, I did get my two USFL plays posted at pick dogs, so they're up and ready. I know everyone's been waiting for those, but. I actually have to jump um, right now, so I will talk to you guys Sunday morning. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you tomorrow morning. Okay, good luck, guys. Good luck. That was Big Al with us with plenty of picks for today.
So that leads us to Jovan. Yeah, um, I'm also on Verlander and the Houston Astros, but I'll take it up to three. You know, that's that's as far as I'll take it, minus three. So that's that on that. John Gray, even if he has a decent game, I could see him giving up four. <laughs> you know, that'll be a decent, decent game for him against this Astros lineup. But um, Jose Quintana, I mean, the Red Sox could definitely use use a guy like that. But, you know, knowing Hein Bloom, <laughs> he likes the Garrett Richards and Michael Walkers of the world. <laughs> so no shot at that. But, um, yeah, I could see plus money with um, Jose Quintana and the Pirates in this one. El Ninos. Yeah, um, kind of like the Pirates. But I don't know if I trust them for the full game or the money line. So I will take um, plus the half run in the first five innings. I think that's your best shot with the Pirates in that matchup for Quintana to just come out strong. And that way we don't even have to worry about the offense. Uh, and that's about it for me here. All right. We go to our final segment. Um, Brewers, Nationals. You got Patrick Corbin going for the Nationals. So this is a great Bittler segment here because you got Patrick Corbin, Trevor Williams, and Michael Lorenzen all pitching in the same segment here. So you got Brandon Woodruff, Patrick Corbin, Milwaukee, Washington, and you got Brad Keller. All you need is that for to be Mitch Keller instead of Brad Keller, and it's the and it's the Bittler slam. Brad Keller versus Joe Ryan. I don't bet on any Mitches, that's for sure. Nope. <laughs> Mitch White today for the Dodgers. Anyways, got Rockies Mets game two. Gomber Williams, and then the nightcap. Really not too late of a Saturday night action here. Michael Lorenzen and Frankie Montaz. Oof, this game could go on all night. Chris, what do you think of these four? Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with, with Milwaukee extended line minus two and a half. I know Brandon Woodruff's had his moments, but Patrick Corbin and when the Nationals have had Patrick Corbin on the men have been absolutely dreadful. Zero and eight outscored fifty three to fifteen in those eight games. So give me a, give me the Milwaukee Brewers. Minus Can I talk you into the Yurfi in that one? <laughs> What's the, let me see what the over the, the extended total is in that game. Yeah, I, I can't believe it's could, only an eight. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I that's that's a, that's a bit of a gift. But um, yeah. I also I also like the under in that uh, Minnesota and Kansas City matchup. Yeah, Joe Ryan's pitching extremely well this season, and I think you know we, we've talked about it before. If you put Brad Keller on. And almost any other team, maybe a top contender in the uh, in the AL, he could be a minus 200 pitcher. He's actually pitching very, very well, 289 ERA. And I think that could be a, a 3-2 kind of game here. So take that. And, uh, yeah, I like the over in that uh, Oakland-LA Angels matchup. I think uh, I was leading towards the under at first, but uh, the, uh, the A's picked up some offense last night. So I, uh, I really like that. And I'll get back to you on that first inning total. What's it going to take to put you into that Yurfi today? Brian? Oh, not, not very much. <laughs> On that grouping of games here, I think I'm going to take the Rockies here in game two against the Mets. Gomper, I think three out of the last four starts for him have been quality starts against Trevor Williams. I think the Rockies have the advantage there. Uh, and then CJ Cron uh, home run prop there? Possibly. I had him yesterday, but they didn't play, so that. Well, how about here? How about in this one? Because this yeah, one, yeah. these were not the pitchers. It was Carrasco yesterday, but it could against yeah, Marquez. But this is Take Gomber Williams. I like it. 
I like the other cron job. Brewers and Nationals, it might be a sucker play, but I'll take the over seven and a half. I think uh, Corbin could give up eight runs himself. So Woodruff hasn't been shut down. So I'll take the over seven and a half Nationals Brewers. Might not take them that long either. Javon? Yeah, I'm on the Twins and Royals under first five. Just don't want to play with the bullpens um, right now. I've been getting burned by like that. Um, and uh, roll with Colorado. Trevor Williams on the mound. I expect him to give up a lot of runs. So going up against um, going up against Austin Gomba in Game Two, I believe. So yeah, give me Colorado. Um, Ninos, Brewers minus one for you. Uh, you could, but honestly, I prefer the over in this game. I think that's uh, that's a better play. Uh. But you could look at the minus one too. But I honestly, I really prefer the 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 over here. I prefer you could take the team totals over. Uh, it's really juiced for the uh, for the Nationals over two and a half. But you can find they're over three. I think they got at least three runs across too. So I like a lot of overs here. And uh, sorry, now I'm off the page. And uh, I like the over in the second Rockies game as well. Uh, but honestly, that, that Brewers uh, Nationals over should have probably been a premium. All right. Well, we go to the NHL. Just one game tonight. St. Louis Blues against the Colorado Rockies. Finally, the Panthers and Lightning don't have to play against the Heat. But, of course, now the Panthers go on the road in that series. But um, Blues Avalanche. I like the Blues on the puck line personally because the betting tools say so. Chris? Yeah, I, I I like the Blues as well, but I'm I'm gonna go with the under, uh, one and a half goals in the first period. We've only seen one goal between these two teams in the first period in the two games combined, and I think these these two teams have taken a more defensive approach to, to their games. We saw a three-two game in Game One, and uh, the, the Blues shut down the Avs in Game Two, four to one, and I think this could be another low-scoring start that maybe the game really starts to pick up in the second period. So uh, yeah, give me the under. Uh, one and a half first period goals. More surprising event in your life, the first time you saw Ron Romanelli do a video or Al Nino's taking the Phillies today? Al Nino's taking the Phillies, hands down. All right. I was The first video that I ever saw Romanelli, when he sent me the test, I sent it over Rufo and I said, we're on to something here. This was a, like two years ago. Yeah, I was and like, that, well, I was well, like well, we're that, on to something with this guy. And that just goes to show you the, the, like, the magnitude of, of, of what Al's done today. <laughs> It's 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 knocked my socks off. How about you, Brian? Um, what's what is, what's more surprising to you? Al Nino's not pounding the table on the Brewers minus one or taking the Phillies? What is? Well, I tell you, I really thought he'd take the Dodgers today. I was in virtual shock. <laughs> um, as far as this hockey game goes, I like your Blues pick on the puck line. It's just the juice is a little bit high for me. I'll take the Blues at home on the money line. I think they got some momentum added into this game after looking good in Colorado. Uh, blues are playoff tested. I think the payday here supports St. For is a is a nice one to take St. Louis. NHL is bizarro world here. Is uh, I'm taking the goal and a half, and Brian's taking the money line. Jovan, no hockey for him. So we're gonna go down Ninos. Um. Yeah. Uh, Rufalo's pick in the the first period might be uh, might be the better play here, but uh, but I I'll stick with the whole game to stay under. It's, it's been a 
Some uh, surprisingly defensive battles here. I mean, Bennington's been a good goalie. We've seen that before. Uh, but we've seen the Avalanche go uh, through a huge overstreak in the regular season. They have a great offense. But uh, but I think this one uh, stays under the total. All right, I had a rain out in my, um, in my parlay yesterday, but um, I hit the other two teams, and they're both big dogs. So uh, see if we can carry it over. I had the White Sox mixed in there with those other ones. But um, anyways, uh, Chris, you got your parlay ready? Yeah, I do. I'm just to let you guys know all the news outlets I'm just seeing right now are all covering Al Nino's taking the Phillies today. Um, I'm going to go with the Boston Celtics minus three and a half in the first half. I'm going to go with the Houston Astros extended line minus two and a half uh, against the, the uh, Texas Rangers. And the under one-and-a-half first-period goals, Avalanche and Blues, plus 997. Brian? I'll tell you what, this might be the best parlay I've ever given out in, in years, and I, I love it. Brewers minus one? Cubs, Cubs on the money line, Giants on the money line, Phillies on the money line. These three, absolutely love them. What about the Bru- would you throw the Brewers minus one in there? No, I'm not messing. <laughs> I don't, I'm not messing. <laughs> Brian's going to go right out on the sidewalk with how much chalk he just put out there. Like, whew, it's dry. As Alec Manoa goes to minus 315 in the betting. <laughs> I, really thought, I really thought Mitch was going to throw out the what's going to be higher by first pitch, Manoa's weight or his, or his line. Minus 315. Oh, the a runner. I don't want anything to do with the Blue Jays. Jovan, what do you like for your parlay? Well, I'm going to... Out of three teamer Cincinnati run line, Minnesota KC under first five, and Colorado game two. That's I like I like that one. I like that one a lot. I'm gonna give out the same part. Al, <laughs> uh, you love the uh, Brewers Nationals over. Then I will go Padres. And uh, Indians. Then some more Guardians. Some Guardians. Sorry. Guardians. It's Guardians to you. I like the over in the Rockies uh, Mets game one. Nine and a half with Carrasco out there. And I like the Mets run line in that game. So it's like, you know, there's going to be a ton of runs. I like the over nine and a half in the Rockies Mets game one. I like the Chicago White Sox parlayed up with the Cincinnati Reds money line. That's it. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us. Have an awesome day. We appreciate each and every one of you. Um, Grab our premium picks. These guys are all on fire. I've been uh, hitting with my play of the day, but... um, kind of treading water it's like the leaderboard is so hot it's like i'm not really even doing that bad i'm near the bottom you know so it's like these guys are tearing it up so hit them hard have a great day make it a winner